And welcome to another edition of the Bruins Beat. Jimmy Murphy here, your host on CLNS Media. And we're joined now by a man you, you pretty much see everywhere. Of course, he's on the Nesson broadcast for the Bruins and uh, does a lot of work with NHL Network. And he was uh, furiously covering the Eastern Conference Final. Billy Jaffe joining me now. Billy, how you been? Hi, Jimmy. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And, you know, Billy, I, we'll, we'll get – we'll. Dive into what you saw in the Eastern Conference Final in a bit, but let's look back on the Bruins right now. And, you know, we, we've been dissecting them since they were ousted by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, gone over a variety of topics. What do they do with that top left D pairing? Can they, can they move Tory Krug or they move somebody else? How do they acquire that D-man that they might be looking for? But right now, one of the topics I want to get your take on is what to do with Rick Nash. Pasternak moves it ahead. Hit over the line. Krejci dropping it back. Here's Nash. Scores! And I, I think this is kind of an enigma because, you know, he, he came in, he, he played well off the bat, but then he gets hurt, and then clearly he was trying to find his way in the playoffs and never really got his legs under him. So I wonder your take on, I mean, how do we judge the body of work that he had here in Boston in that sh- short time, and is it worth keeping? Well, I, you know, the injury derailed or impeded a lot. Um, but I think when it's all said and done, I, I had hoped that Rick would be a, you know, that bona fide second line winger, uh-huh. first part power play participant, uh, work his way into that, you know, top six penalty killer, et cetera. But I don't know. I think Rick is probably more now at best a second liner and probably more a third liner. Um, and the way that he, the way that he plays. And I think he'd be an excellent third line kind of checking guy that gets you 50 point guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if, if he's more. And, um, uh, you know, therefore, you, you know, to go to the second part. And by the way, there's no shame in that. There's no shame whatsoever in, in that role. It's just what, you know, he, he's got to be comfortable with that, which I think he is quite, you know, quite frankly. But, you know, monetarily, can you, what can you get him for? Uh, can you get him for an Eric Stahl type deal? And whether that's you as the Bruins or you as another team, a three-year deal, and I, I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to say $3 million a year uh-huh. type of thing. Um, is that, you know, for him, you know, okay. And is that for you, you know, your team, is that fine for you? I, I mean, I would, I would think that a, a couple of teams would offer that for sure. But if he wants four five, six million, I, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. So the, I mean, where do you see him fitting? What are your expectations after seeing him? Albeit in a short sample size, but I think now you got to understand that Rick Nash, um, even with the premier, centerman might not be a he's not a 40 goal guy anymore you're hoping he's a 25 goal guy now yeah I'm with you on that and you know the one thing I fear Billy and you'll probably agree with me though is it's going to be some GM out there right that might throw more money than maybe he should have so what so what what's that a fear so what then let them sign him let it and it goes for any player yeah what you know I mean if there's a GM that has a need and that team fits that player's need, whether it's location, you know, geographical, financial, emotional, 
it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, no, I agree with you. I don't, I don't mean to be, but so what? Okay, so then you, you give them what you think is the fair offer, and you don't. You, you, and if you can work out a good deal, great. If not, you wish him well. Yeah. So basically, you see it as you know, Don Sweeney's probably going to go to him and be like, "Look, here, Rick, here's here's a reasonable deal for both sides. Take it or leave it, and you know, get back to us." I mean, I, I, that's kind of how I feel it's going to go. Is that kind of how you see it? Well, I. I don't. I, I. I'd like to think it's a nice, cordial conversation. This is what we can do. What do you think? And that's you know. I mean, hey, you know, uh, we'd love to have you at this. Um, I, that's my guess. I, you know, but I don't know. I, I mean, so much can happen between now and and you know when the window of free agency opens. And granted, he, you can talk to him now still too. Of course. Um, since he's your property, I mean, so much can happen. Uh, deals happen. Substantial, you know, substantial. Deals happen around the trade, uh, tra- the NHL draft. Uh, they could address a need there and say, "Hey, you know what? That just Rick Nash doesn't fit our our thing." On the other hand, they could say, "Hey, Rick, you know what? Uh, we'd love to give you, you know, get you for two years, develop some more of our young players, and have you here and and see if you can get him to be a regular with, you know, like I said, a regular. You know, by the way, he could ride the. I like to call it ride the elevator. There could be games that he plays first line, and there's games that he plays third line. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, and he sure. and he's up and down and he, and he produces and you, and you get it. But I just don't think that we're going to see thirty-five, you know, forty goals out of out of Rick Nash again. I'm with you on that. And one other thing that I, even when he was healthy when he first got here, and he played fairly well, but the one thing I noticed that that really stood out to me, he didn't necessarily fit with the direction his team's going in, in terms of speed, and. You know, that's that's their game now. And the Bruins really obviously made that shift over the last two years to be an attacking, fast team. And they've got some young guys coming up. And there were times where even before the concussion, I, I felt like he was slowing them down. Well, he's a power skater. He's not a quick skater. Mm-hmm. When he was When he was motoring powerfully, Damn, he was, he was, I mean, he was physical. He was as physical as I've ever seen him in game one against Toronto. I was, you know, completely yeah. wowed by that. It was amazing effort and intensity. And he didn't look slow to me there against a pretty damn fast team. He didn't look slow mm-hmm. at all. I just think he needs to have those legs going at all times because they have the, uh, it's the old, you know, zero to 60 thing for a car. Certain cars, once they get above 40, they purr, but it takes them a little longer to get to that 30 or 40. And that's, I think, where, where Rick Nash is. I don't think he's slow. I, I, I wouldn't call him lightning quick, but I would call him powerful fast. I hear you. Hey, you know, another winger that we need to keep an eye on, and, and, uh, kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, but I feel like, you know, since his injury, uh, he, he was sort of like the forgotten prospect and a forgotten young and rising star is, is Anders Bjork. That goes off of body all the way to the corner. And, you know, he just kind of, obviously, you're hurt that long, you're going to fall to the background a bit, and then the other players are having so much success. But where are you looking at Andrews Bjork right now in terms of where he fits in uh, as we approach the offseason and into next season? Well, uh, it's, it's a, it's a bit of an unknown. You know, his year, if you were grading him, would be an incomplete. Uh, you can't give him a grade due to the injuries, plural. Let's not forget one of his injuries was the dreaded, you know, concussion running into Matt Martin. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not, you know, I, I don't know if it was his first. I'm going to assume it was because I think we didn't hear of anything from college. I don't remember him in college ever having an issue. Um, but you never know how that's going to take. Like, in theory, he should be fine from that uh, because he came back and played. The shoulder requires, you know, it's substantial surgery. Um, but he had it early enough. Can he get strong enough quickly enough? We'll see. You know, can he get the legs up to speed? Just because he's fast, you know, he, he is lightning fast, you know, and, and, and edgy with his uh, skills. Doesn't mean that, you know, you can do that much. You've got to be very protective of that shoulder. You can't be falling down to that before that thing is 100% healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to see where he is. Where does he fit in the lineup? I mean, you hope. He's an obvious. You, you, you hope for a top six. He's an obvious top nine. And, you know, when you watch these teams that, you know, were able to work their way into the into the semis or you know and and then the cup and just the, just the good teams in general it's not so much anymore you know who's your top line it's you know what are your top let's say top three pairs you know and then okay. who can you massage with them and can you work guys around to create sparks and um yes you love chemistry there's no doubt about it with the threesome that you have or if you can have but for the most part Get yourself top, you know, six or seven guys, and then you start fitting in pieces. And the next thing you know, instead of having a line one, two, and three, you hope you have like a, a line, you know, one, one A, a one B, and a and a two A. You know what I mean? You, you hope yeah. to have that balance. And Bjork fits somewhere up there. Yeah, he can play right wing. He can play left wing. There's no doubt. Um, you know where where will he be in his recovery? I, I, you know, would he have to start the season down in Providence to get up to speed again? Just just physically or mentally more than anything. Physically, I think he should hopefully be all right. But that's a big question. When he was when he was healthy before that injury and, and he was having some success, other than his speed, what else did you like about him? I mean, was there something else that stood out to you that maybe wasn't, you know, discussed as much as the speed? Well, he's slippery. You know, he has that ability to be elusive. It, there's at that level, you know, I could only wish to be as nimble as he is on his skates, you know, an ace of how nimble he is. But, you know, NHL defensemen have seen that a lot. The question is corralling that and making it, using it to your advantage. But, yeah, I mean, you love his uh, – I've always loved his edge work, which I referred to before, how, how he can, you know, look like he's moving one way and go the other way. Um I think his shot can, you know, he can keep getting that better, but it's not bad. Uh, he seems to have the right attitude. And, um, you, you know, I mean, he's he's willing to work. He he needs to get stronger. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I I like his speed. I like, I, I think I like, uh, you know, his instincts at times. At times I did. At other times you saw that he had to improve his, his, his instincts and, and get his head up a little bit more. The injury is kind of a freak play running into I mean Boschman I mean it's not like Boschman didn't mean to pick up his stick and, and own that area of the ice and give right. him a little something that's part of playing in the NHL so it's kind of a freak maybe it just hit him in the perfect or maybe the the worst possible spot and, and, and it gave him that injury I hear and switching gears I'm staying with forwards here there was a lot of talk um, at points during that second round series against Tampa Bay, and and, and it's kind of continued uh, in the first few weeks of the off season for the Bruins here. Should Cassidy consider 
breaking up that top line and putting Pasenik with Krejci. And, of course, that, that talk really reached a crescendo when they had their success they did uh, with the Czech Republic in those couple games over there. What's your thoughts on that? Ruhlberger, McQuaid picks it off, headman's about to Pasternak, three on two, drops to Krejci, Krejci through the dot, Pasternak scores! David Pasternak and David Krejci have got it going! Oh, let's not get lost, first of all, in a, um, I'm going I'm I'm to have a, a, make a contradictory statement here, all right? Yep. Let's not get lost in, in, a, in a nice, fun very low pressure uh, tournament where a lot of guys go to have a good time. Okay. And yep. don't get me wrong. There's pressure to win for your country, but there's really not that pressure when you're parachuting in and, you know, Krejci and Pasternak uh, are coming in and, you know, everybody's having a good time. Yeah. You want to win, especially when you get to the, the medal round, but it's not the intensity of the NHL. And so we see that pair there. And of course they're going to have chemistry. I mean, if they didn't, I'd be I'd be shocked and disappointed. Now, with that said, should he has he considered putting them together again? Yes, of course he has. But he had to go. I think what what he felt was making his team uh, it, it, for a long time be one of the best teams in the NHL. There's no denying that nobody. Yes, they didn't make it to the Stanley Cup Eastern Conference Final. Everybody's bummed about that, that it's a Bruins stem. You can't deny that they weren't a darn good team, one of the better teams in the league for most of the year, and a lot of it had to do with the success of that line. Now, I talked about – Barry and I talked about it. Ideally, I think your team may be better if those two guys are together for the obvious – I go back to the Paris comment I made 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Marshan and Bergeron, Krejci and Pasternak. Now you got to look for your third pair because I think it's going to be a little different. But you know, you got DeBrusque, you got you know what I mean. Is it a kid coming up at, at center? Uh, what do you do with Riley Nash? I'm, I'm guessing Riley Nash probably gets priced out of Boston. But yeah, anyways, getting back to your original premise, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that they're they could be together. But for anybody to lambaste a coach for not putting them together after the success that they had. I think would be asinine. I, I do. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, if you can't say, look at it and say, holy, holy smokes, they had one of the best lines in the entire NHL, if not the best line for most of the year, I, I, think, you're, you know, I, I think you're missing out. Now, does that mean that you can't tweak it here and there? Sure. Do I think Bruce thought about it? Yes. Did he yeah. do it? Not much, no. No. And, and you know, I, I, that's one of the things I – you know, I watched Bruce a lot, right? Because he went deeper into the playoffs than he's ever been in his coaching career. And one thing I liked about him, it was a some people will call what we're talking about right now, not doing that, not making that switch, is stubborn. I call it more, he just, he had a lot of faith in his team. And he he, he was grateful for what the guys that were in place already, and like you said, that top line, got them to that point, and you know, I, I just looked at it like he walked, he walked that fine line, Billy, and I, I thought there were times where, yeah, he was outcoached a bit in the playoffs, but overall, I, I really liked the way he has his finger on the pulse of that team, and I, I th- thought there was a huge reason for his success. Absolutely. Uh, no question about it. And, um, he's going to tell you that, you know, he's learned from that experience, I'm sure, a little bit here and there. Like, I mean, why wouldn't he? Yeah, every good coach would continue to learn. I mean, 
holy smokes, I mean, Barry Trotz, he's been in the league a lot longer than Bruce Cassidy, and he's had to learn a lot. You know, he had to learn to calm down and perhaps be less intense and behind the bench and look what it, you know, finally he's doing it. And it's not the only reason, but perhaps it's part of the reason that this Washington capital team has achieved the success that they have this year. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of that, before we let you go here, you did, have, like we said in the beginning, you were covering that Eastern conference final. What did you see the capitals? And, and I know obviously a lot has to do with personnel, but what did you see them do in terms of systems or approach? Uh, to the lightning that the Bruins were unable to do or didn't try to do? Well, first of all, I, uh, you know, I, I think the Capitals are a deeper team than the Bruins were. All right. More experience <laughs> in, and well, yes and no more. I mean, in some areas, yes, no, no question. But on the back end, you're talking, in no particular order, you know, Christian Juice, he's got no experience. Michael Kempney with limited experience. Dmitry Orlov, by the way, he's a hell of a defenseman, but he's oh, still wow. young. He's 24. So, yeah. but my point is, you know, you know, you're talking experience. Um, you know, the Caps have got some young players that haven't had, you know, I would say immense playoff experience, but they have a lot of, they have more skill through their lineup a little bit. They're more, they're bigger than the Bruins are definitely bigger than the Bruins are. Uh, and they skated through the Tampa Bay Lightning at times. I mean, absolutely, yeah. you know, through them. Um, you know, late March, early, maybe April 1st, give or take, the, the Washington Capitals and their coaching staff implemented some changes to their system, in particular their neutral zone, that allowed them to recover more and allowed them to, yes, they're still giving up chances, but on the second chance, there was more uh, ability to, to nullify opportunities. They went to a 1-1-3 in the neutral zone, a right-wing lock, basically, yep. instead of a left-wing lock, but the right-wing lock. And, and that eliminated an awful lot at times through the neutral zone. It even strength for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and even strength, the Washington Capitals dominated this series, really when it's all said and done. Uh, so systematically that without having a, uh, telestrator in front of me, it's kind of hard to get into more than what I just said, but they did that. Um, and it worked well. They, um, you know, I mean, they, they still, you know, the, 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 the Washington Capitals at times still played a game that I would call is a little loose, but they have a belief they have, uh, when they have the right lineup together, they feel that, you know, they're being led by their top guys, not just Ovechkin, but. You know, with Backstrom healthy and, and, and Kuznetsov, been really impressed with him. They have a lot of high-end talent. And so the yeah. Capitals, and they have a lot of belief. That's the other thing. They have a lot of belief this year. I think the fact that everybody had expectations the previous few years that they, they didn't end up fulfilling them. This year, many of the players told me, like, yeah, you know what? We're, I mean, it's not that they're happy to be there. They're just like, look, nobody thought we – there were some people that thought they wouldn't even make the playoffs. They said our defense was too bad. It wasn't good. We did – now we're having fun and we're going with it. All right. Well, listen, before I, I, I don't know if you're into predictions, Billy, but uh, can we get a final prediction for you or what? I've been going against Vegas the entire year, so I'll pick them. I, I don't know. I, I, it has no scientific basis except for the fact that I've, I've been not down on Vegas, but I'm like, uh -huh. okay, they're going to end. It's going to end. It's going to end. So now I'll say Vegas. They're going to win it because, I mean, I can only be a schmuck for so long, I guess, you know, eventually. 
I can pick them. Um, well, that's kind of like how I, I was with the Capitals, right? Over the last few years, and then everybody stopped picking them. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the Caps have higher end talent, skill. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Physically, I think they can handle Vegas. I do as well. Vegas, I think, has better team speed up and down the line. Nobody back checks, back pressures harder than the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I do think Mark Andre Fleury. When it's all said, none's a better goalie than Braden Holpe, though. So, um, you know, so I, I mean, when it's, I, I guess that's maybe those those factors just also lead me a little bit more towards uh, Vegas. But I mean, I don't know. I was okay with my predictions this year, but not not great. I, I wonder what the uh, the Caps are thinking, you know. And they're like, they get to the Stanley Cup final finally, and then they look across and like, really, we got to play Flurry again? Are you kidding me? But he's well, you know, Flurry and and George McPhee over there, and, and yeah. you know, I mean, that's and, and Nate Schmidt. I mean, I know every team has a you know a player more or less that's over there. But Nate was a he was a significant part of the Caps, even though he was scratched. I'm talking emotionally. The guys all loved him. He yeah. had a great presence there. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think it, the, the storylines are fantastic. It should, oh, be, a, it should be a ton of fun. And um, I'm just going to, you know, I'll, I'll have some, uh, I'll make some barbecue and I'll watch uh, the Stanley Cup. That's what I'm going to do. And Billy, I'll tell you what, I, uh, way back at the end of September, I had a few too many cocktails in me and decided to put a future bet on the Vegas Golden Knights to win it all. So I, I could be buying you some barbecue after this if they, if they come through. Let's just put it that way. Why, uh, where, where did you buy it from? Well, that will go on set. <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to talk so, about all right. it here. <laughs> uh, well, I, I mean, it, obviously it wasn't a casino then. Okay, no. so that, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, you put that down. What, what, you're going to say what – you see what they're doing in Vegas today, what they announced. No. There's some casinos that – yeah, there's some casinos that have offered now – I don't have the number in front of me, but they offered to buy tickets that were bought at the beginning of the year for people that bought tickets through, you know, oh. the books, sport books. Uh-huh. And what do they cut it in half? Basically, uh, I actually it's more it's even more than that. But the, what they're offering is, I believe, this it's either one casino or a few books. I mean, that if you if you sold it today to them or before the cup, I think they'll give you ten grand. So I think it was five hundred to one. Okay. Right? Yeah, I, I got it at four hundred. So okay. Well, they would they would give you ten grand, but then if you don't buy it and they win, you win. 50 you know yeah so some people got to decide if they want to take the chance if they believe if they don't believe the Vegas is going to win they'll just you know take their 10 grand and make 9,500 on it right yeah. I mean that would be um, yeah. you know but which isn't too anyways shy. that's what it, that's going yeah because yeah. I think there's enough people that bought these tickets for 500 bucks even 100 bucks, 100 whatever it was yeah that the yeah. Vegas could for once actually lose some money yeah yeah it's it yeah I think they did that actually way back when the Patriots had that surprising run in the Super Bowl in 2001 for their first Super Bowl. I remember hearing that. But, yeah, it's interesting. But, listen, I think it's going to be a great series. I see it going seven games. I'll take Vegas in seven. And uh, enjoy your time at home, man. I know you work hard. Are you going to be down at the draft? No. I uh, No, unless something happens, I will not be down at the draft. I will be doing some other things, but uh, I might be doing some Nesson work for them. But otherwise, I will uh, – I will do uh, minimal stuff, a little coaching here and there, and I will talk with you 
next fall. Sounds good, Billy. I appreciate you taking the time. That's Billy Jaffe of Nesson and NHL Network. Join us here on the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. Happy Memorial Day, and thank you to all who sacrificed for our freedom, the ability to put on shows like this. Have a good one. And always will be Someday you'll return to Your valleys and your farm And you'll no longer burn to be brother in arms Fools to make war on our brothers and arms.